0: This man has passed, and I start to hear about his story. And I know this is where we're supposed to start. And the family's contacting me, and they're like, yeah, Bob's been running with you for years, just doing this thing, blah, blah, blah. We want you to to do a memorial service and actually invite people in. We're going to use orange popsicles. I want you to invite people into sponsoring, because Bob throughout his life sponsored 19 children and ran with you every year. So we are perfectly cool with that. The family doesn't know you. It knows you. And at the end, they're hugging. They can't believe it. I'm, I'm overthinking my message, but I'm bringing it forward. And we end, and there's this weird balance of, like, sadness, and his children are here, and so forth. But then this, like, my dad did that? You guys ready for it? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what he left behind? And they, it's legacy. Because none of us live forever. So what do we want to leave behind? You know? And what lasts? And I think that's the transition into this message. Uh, um, this man is a, uh, 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 leads a legacy through my legacy. It's almost like weird, what's that called? multi lever marketing? It's almost like multi lever marketing in the kingdom. Because this dude, You don't know them, you're like, that's a cool family, that look perfect, they're from Ohio. Ohioans in the house yell, there's always Ohioans. Every place I've spoken to in my life, there's at least one Ohioan. I love you, I was was saved in Mansfield, Ohio, at the University of Akron by this man. Actually, he ended up being an NFL kicker, Zach Durr. So I would not be here if Zach Durr didn't break the rules of the hierarchy of football. First of all, I'm a star cornerback. Kicker, you do not talk to me or look in my eyes. That's how it goes. Like, if you never play football, there's like a pecking order. Like you're And I wasn't saved. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. This is pre-God. I didn't grow up in the church. I was not at the, the, the Cub Kids. I was not there. Um, and Zach comes up and invites me to a Bible study that I did not ask him about. I wasn't seeking God and started a revival on the team as well. About five plus that I know of pastors come from that team. He's now a pastor in Wadsworth, Ohio, I believe. I haven't even talked to, to oh, talked to Zach, which I probably should call him, don't you think? <laughs> like he's just doing this thing. That was just one day in his legacy. Here's the picture. That was, that was pre and I, may, I didn't share this with you. I shared the story because the PowerPoint died last year. For those of you did uh, that were here, so this is fun for me. I get to give visual. I like visual aid. And uh, that's me. Freshman year against Marshall Thundering Herd, Randy Moss is in that game, all that stuff. So all that, you know, I think I'm the man, which I kind of, sort of, kind of, by world standards, I was. I was freshman of the year, scholarship player, um, 3.7 engineering student, uh, and dead inside. When it comes down to it, dead. Selfish. When thinking about legacy, my legacy was me, where I was going, where God was taking me. Does that make sense? The scholarship, I was abused physically, sexually, all those things as a a young adult, emotionally. And I was angry and everybody had to pay for it. They were playing football, I was playing hurt ball. That's what the joke was. You're playing a sport, I'm actually taking out all my frustration on you, which made me good at the sport of football. Because people like, they cheer for that. I'm telling the truth. If I not, like so, so God used that, boom, He, st- I thought that was the reason. He used Zach, changed my life forever. I walked in, I, I walked in to this Athletes in Action. Athletes in Action is, is the program or the ministry of which it was used. Conference, being a three-second guy. You look at me for three seconds without a real reason, there's a fight. And I'm initiating it. I walked out of that. <sighs> I walked out of that conference loving people and hugging people. I hug handshakes. I will awkward hug you. I love a certain, like, generation of, of men because they, they, the hugs, they'll, like, block me. Sometimes they'll try to stiff-arm me. <laughs> it's awkwardly awesome. Um, that's God, right? That's God. What's my point for all of this? Revivals, when we think of them, i want to shake up what you think of a revival. We don't need a tent, first of all. That's the first clue. You don't need a, re- a tent for a revival. I know you think of that. No building's necessary. And it's, the event is awesome, but the afterglow is the real mission. And it starts with people and it starts in each one of us. And we're going to look at this. The, the next point is this to revive. What is revive? Re something, right? Return to renewal. We're going to look at some definitions. You have to have a blueprint to where you're going back to. So we're going to the blueprint when the church was started. Okay? Let's go to the where the church was started. Acts 2, 1. We know it, day of Pentecost. So we're gonna get a little liturgical here. We're gonna read through this. Good amount of scripture, lay the foundation, long intro, short message. Well, potentially. We'll see. I don't wanna I don't wanna lie to you. Um Acts 2, read with me. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly they came from heaven, a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. We know this part. We're going to know these first 13 verses very well, for the most part. And divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. We know that, the tongues too. Unbelievable, it's miraculous. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling with them in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation. There are some key words here already. Every nation was there. Okay, very intentional. They were one, but every nation was there. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered. What's going on? Because one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one of us in our own native tongue? Again, this is the miracle part. We remember the tongues, the has started. It's happening. And and, and it's going to only get better. Parthians, Medes. Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to the Cyrene and visitors from Rome. Making sure we know everywhere, everywhere, Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? This This is miraculous. But others mocking, saying they were filled with new wine. I love the Bible. The reason we know the Bible is real is they get all of it, broken people, haters, that's the that's new term for it. Something this miraculous and you find something wrong with it. Uh, who, who's ever experienced that in your life? Like, oh, my goodness, I'm here giving out meals, doing this stuff. Like, oh, you're just doing that so you look good. What? How do you even do that? People can do it. It's a talent it's it's a it's a perverted talent that people will find holes in everything and that's not even the main part that I want to preach on watch this here's the good stuff that's later in the chapter that really kind of gets forgotten and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and fellowship oh, fellowship man that's why we're family the breaking of bread and the prayers and all came upon it every soul everybody got it you guys many wonders and signs they were there but that's not just the emphasis. And being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and having all things in common. We already said this is not an uh, ethnic thing. It's not a gender thing. Everyone is together having all things in common. And they were selling their possessions, watch this, and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food and glad generous hearts praising god and having favor watch this with all the people so that that all the people is not just um it's not just the folks that were in the church everyone in their neighborhood you know why i know that because watch this next sentence and the lord added to their number day by day so added means was not there before correct so the oneness was overflowing into their lives, into everywhere they were going, adding to their number. Talks about what it isn't, and there's a tent that you need. And I want to lay that foundation. Before we get into what it is, just very quickly, short detour, what it isn't, exclusive, revival, meaning it, the revival, everybody's welcome. It's not just a moment or emotional or an event or self-serving. And here's the deepest part. And while we had to go back to the original plan before we talk about new revivals, there's no such thing as a revival with a new purpose of mission. You're literally saying revive what you said and did and what the project was before, Lord. Shall I go deeper? Let's look at the, the actual definition of it. A new presentation of something old, Revival. A new present, it might be a new presentation, but they didn't use, I don't think, a contemporary Christian music back then, but they were singing worship, amen? That's a new presentation of something old. Hymns, some people get mad, and we we gotta just sing hymns. Maybe. But how about a new presentation of something old as well? That's okay. Restoration of force. The church would have force. Force, validity, a return or recall to activity from a state of, I like this word, languor oppressive stillness in the air think of ooh that even sound oppressive stillness in the air to renew to bring it into an action after suspension to revive a project man if this world like we just said doesn't need revival don't we need revival what if i was to tell you oh it 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 is much better that the greatest revival Because you can't count Pentecost. Pentecost is not a revival because, see, sometimes people confuse it. That's the kickoff. That's the launch party. Everything else downstream for the last 2,000-something years, we revive. Does that make sense? They didn't revive. He poured it out fresh and new, the Holy Spirit into the world. We're going back to it. The biggest, the most effective, whether we believe in all the doctrine or not of it, most influential revival that 700 million Christians are attached to happened up the way, downtown L.A. Who knew that? It's the biggest crime ever. I'm not making it up. I like dropping things that make you go look it up later. Like, was Rich real lying to me? No. So I have a meeting at Azusa Pacific University a month ago, maybe. And the Holy Spirit says, look up Azusa. I'm like, what? God, what are you? He'll do weird stuff like this to me. Just listen. And I started looking it up. And I kind of heard in passing about this Azusa Street Mission revival. But I thought it was cute, right? I thought it was a tent. Like, a few people got saved. And it was like that. No, no, no is much deeper. And this is why this is important. Azusa Street Revival, I might not play the video, I won't play the video, but let me review this with you. 1906, watch, ready? 1906, in a house on Botting Bray, the house is still there, a one-eyed black pastor, son of a slave with no education, with a small group of seven people prayed for the Holy Spirit to come down and sin upon them. Oh, it's gonna get much better. People started receiving the Holy Spirit. Yes, it was the gift of speaking tongues. That's why I read that first verse. But remember, it's not all about the tongues. Was there miraculous happening? Yes. Let's not get caught with that. Somehow we've forgotten the main point of the revival. It happens. This is like April 9th, I think it is, 1908 in LA. It goes immediately and people start coming, the, the porch collapses. It's, they're in the street, the police are like, what's wrong with you Christians? Get out of here, you can't do this. So they had to find a place on Azusa Street. Azusa Street is not even a real street completely anymore. Who's been down there? Who knows what I'm talking about, Azusa Street? It's like a, there's a, a multicultural center, stuff like that. So watch, from 1906 to 09, three years, seven days a week, Three services a day with no end times, they had service. People were getting healed, crutches lined the wall. It looked like the place was on fire. People came from all over the world, sent them out, sent missionaries, and immediately God did something. 1906, remember 1906? Jim Crow. Let's keep it real. I don't like to do cute talking. It was acceptable and high-fived for segregation then. When he learned about the Holy Spirit, he had to sit outside and listen through the window down in Houston, Texas. That's this man. William Seymour is his name, by the way. Lost his eyesight through, through uh, um, um, chicken pox, I think it was. When he said he d- disobeyed God and t- served the mission. I haven't even got to the good part. Are you ready? 1906, L.A. 350,000 people live here. Only 8,000 or so black, Asian, Hispanic, so forth. Immediately from the first day of the revival, it was multicultural and extremely. From all backgrounds, from all socioeconomic groups, we didn't even need the 60s. I'm being serious. It's a joke. We're not joking. God had solved it. He said, your love should flow over so much that there is no lines. There were people literally coming in with, with, with isms. Let's call them isms, sexism, racism, whatever it is, and God was dealing with it on the spot. There was a man that tells a story, Bartman, that came from North Carolina, heard about it because the healings were getting passed around. They had this newspaper that you see called the Apostolic Faith. 50,000 copies or so were going all around the world. So happening in LA, by the way. There's, you ask any church theologian, there's nothing even close to this. From every, they were landing at what? Uh, Union Station coming up to get to Azusa Street. Every background, it was extreme oneness and that's what we saw in the day of Pentecost. I'm gonna play it quickly just listen to I wish I could fast um, forward it is there any way for you three go towards years, the end?
1: all races no. sexes, classes and nations gathered in a miracle at Azusa Street to offer the church an opportunity for restoring its lost holiness Seymour called for all Christians who honored Christ to come together most misunderstood this move of God taking tongues as the distinctive mark of Pentecostal fellowship Seymour believed The primary work of the Holy Spirit was not to enable one to speak in tongues, but to make all races and nations into one common family. Seymour remarked, If you get angry, speak evil, or backbite, I don't care how many tongues you may have, you have not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Christian history is looked upon differently from this, Seymour's point of view that the original revolutionary interracial equality at Jerusalem, Samaria, Antioch, and Ephesus, and many more places was meant to be one of the main values of the Christian life. That it was not tongues so much from the day of Pentecost lost to Christian heritage as much as Christian equality. And that this power to turn the world upside down comes not so much from speaking in tongues as to be determined a walk in love, letting none of society's distinctions of race, sex, class, or nationality hinder, restrict, or segregate this love or fellowship. When Christians cannot live with each other in unity, then one certainly cannot expect the rest of the world to do so. Political solutions to human problems are no substitute for lack of spiritual solutions. Would it be that the spiritual power at Azusa sprang more from love and equality among all people than from tongues? Seymour called it human equality in Christ. The
0: Not a very, very like flashy video, really baseline. And I wasn't going to play it, but I think it's important. And please listen to my heart on this. See, sometimes it's tough. Uh, we're family, so I say it like this: like, you, please don't think you're hearing this oneness from from a black male. This is just coming from a child of God that that also absolutely is feeling God over the church, as I go with church by church, and the conversation I have with pastors and everyone in such dark times, what really could convince and speak of the love and radical nature of God, and that ties into this ministry that you guys have been a part of, is oneness. The world is perplexed by it because we're told and taught separation and ranking and from the very, all of us have biases. So the most radical thing that Jesus prayed for, and I'm going to touch on this again in John 17, his final prayer before the cross, and we'll hit, hit that, What's for oneness. In any revival, the three components that must be present is love, a radical desire for more of the Father. It's not self-serving. Mission. So immediately we're going to look at these verses where it, it does overflow. It, it, you want to do for others. We want to give for others and oneness. So what is it? How and where does it start? Revival, small print, and, and what do we do now? So I just hit one of them, love. And I and I, I kind of do it in three tiers. I may not hit everything on the slide, but just look at it. We're, we're looking at Azusa Street. We're looking at the day of Pentecost. And we're looking at um, Jesus himself. Pentecost, we saw it. Love was prevailing. People were inviting people over. Listen, I might... Be cool with you, but if I invite you over to my house, and they're going to each other's houses. Like how many people just randoms and we had over for dinner? I'm not telling everybody just to invite everyone over for dinner, but they were they were doing life together. They were having uh, favor with everyone around with the people, having patience with folks. Azusa Street, they spent hours upon hours. They say when you met William Seymour, you literally could feel the love of God on him. Not a perfect man, not even impressive in terms of his speaking and so forth, but the love of God was present. Humility was present. Jesus commanded us, the greatest commandment to love God, love ourselves, I mean love others as we love ourselves. The greatest love, John 15, 13, that a brother should lay down their lives for another. And that doesn't just mean die for, because it's actually easier to die for someone than to like daily sacrifice our wants, our needs, and so forth. First John, that we call ourselves alive, we cannot love our brothers which we see and, and love a God that we don't see. So love is necessary in a revival. A revival minus love is not a revival. It's hooping and hollering potentially. Emotionalism. Next, mission. Mission. And we look at that. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing to the proceeds all who had need. Wait, that's the part, that part kind of gets left. In the Pentecost, we really think it's like, boom, they had this amazing thing, tongues, go. I know I thought that. Like, it was that simplified. Boom. And no, they were showing their daily life became oneness. And they were caring about that person who didn't have, that child who didn't have, that person who was in the margins. It was there. Azusa, from the very beginning, was serving the communities and so forth and giving out and, and, and blessing folks, but also sending people all over. Hillsong connected to it, Foursquare connected to this, Church of God in Christ. By the way, most go back and do your history. The, the Pentecostal movement as a whole now is kind of coming full circle and honoring the fact that it began there regardless, because there was a little bit of, keep it real, surprise, racial tension in admitting that the main emphasis, or emphasis was a black, former appearance uh, of a slave man, William Seymour, because there was a split. Here's the sad part. Let me, give you, let me give you a uh, spoiler. It split before he even died. is the sad part? How do we do that? How do we do that? I mean, and then we got to tell both sides of it. So he died of a broken heart, they say, in his office in 1922, I believe, uh, in, in downtown, in Azusa Street. And half of the folks that went with this gentleman Durham and half stayed with him. That was already split. So therefore, that's why we also had the '60s, and that's why Sunday is the most segregated day in our nation still. What we're gonna do? See, I don't say that with hopelessness. I say it in hopefulness, in the, even the midst of this ministry that we're in, and in this group that we have, this diversity, this oneness at our runs, at our at, at the marathon, at what's going on is mission, the Great Commission Jesus talks about, Luke four eighteen. Immediately in his in his opening speech, he's talking about others. Last but not least. Oneness, which you're saying you already hit these, but I am. I'm just hitting it more explicitly. Um, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were in one place, all who believed, and they had all things in common. That's the kind of legacy I, I want to leave. John seventeen, twenty twenty one. Jesus is praying. And he prays. And I and I have to be obedient and talk about the first verse that's often misinterpreted, where he prays, he says, I do not pray for the world. That's that the, the Greek word in there, that's cosmos. He does not pray for the world system because he would not contradict himself in the word of God because right after that, in 2021, he says, I pray for those that believe that you gave to me, that we be one and abide, and for those that, help me, we don't know, will believe to be one with them. Watch that. That's, see, that's, that's radical in a sneaky way. Who is a possible will believe? There is a right answer. Who's a possible will believe? Everybody. Todos personas, everybody, whatever dialects you want. Some of you, some of you know what happened, but my younger folks know what happened. <laughs> Something I got to translate, <laughs> in urbanic. <laughs> so everyone, so everyone's a potential will believe. So we're actually one with everyone. That's heavy, but it's real. So we live together in that the, the ups and downs of lives as one regardless of the background and so forth. So where does it start? We hit what needs to be present, love, mission, oneness. Where does it start? It starts with a seeking God, prayer. They said, his, they said William, Seymour pray, William Seymour's prayer time was five hours a day. And there's all kinds of documents there, five hours a day, and he thought Things were getting tough, so he had to ramp it up to seven at one point. And I'm not saying that to be, oh man, this dude is impressive. But his prayer time wasn't just, he was seeking after God. The love of God was so prevalent. People were coming in there, being healed, sometimes on the spot, being won on the spot. I didn't finish my story about Bartleman. He came from North Carolina. Someone laid their hands on him of color. Uh, he didn't roll like that. He went back to his hotel room mad. Oh, what are people touching me? Holy, Holy Spirit was like, go back there and receive this. Laid on them, received the gift of the Holy Spirit, was brought immediately on the spot and went on to launch one of the greatest Pentecostal movements out there in North Carolina. Look it up. None of it can stay. This is not about anger. This is love. This is truth. This is God. So prayer, oneness. Oneness is on the beginning and the end of revival. You got to be one for it to really flow out in spirit and so forth. And then at the end, God tells you, look, I love everyone. See, it's on both sides of it, both sides of it. Um, last but not least, it begins with me, with you, with us. It's easy to go into a school, a church. Man, they need—I've done it. They need revival in this place. <laughs> that, thats a mess. Lord, bring revival to <laughs> to this school, to this country, to this city. Maybe I'm the only one. See, you're like Rich Rail, you Nah, you might not use the word revival, but we use. The I'll pray for you. <laughs> I pray for me, and all of us, but to go on that journey. This ministry got a hold of my heart, uh, and, I, and I felt like I was pretty diverse in my growing up and had a love for a, a ton of people. I am going to share it. I'm going to share this next video, and then we're going to land a plane in, in the invitation with you guys. doing all right, a little bit longer than I thought, so I'll, I'll keep mindful of that. Thank you for your patience. Um, And I'm running, and God's taking me to Africa. I'm seeing the runners. We're having the groups. And there's just something that clicks in me. I felt a turn happening in our country. And, and the, the Holy Spirit was just like, tell them, tell them I, I love them all. Tell them they're one. And launched this ridiculous task of him saying mission, and that I was going to run from San Diego to Santa Barbara. What? what, what? So I, I started negotiating with him. Like, did you mean bike? He's like, no. No, this is real, this is real conversation. Like, Lord, I didn't grow up here. What, is, what are missions? Like, he's like, well, look it up. And he, he plotted immediately this course, or over six days I was going to run 250 miles and just point people to God and say, we're one. Uh, it happened in April 7th. And there's a group of crazies that helped complete that mission because day three, the wheels kind of fell off. Shall we? The wheels kind of fell off on day three. Just about a hundred and, I don't know, 40 miles in. What's
1: going on here, Rich?
0: Well, the wheels fell off a bit. And uh, what is it, 20 hours later? 20 hours later, I'm still out here. What do we got about 12 miles, 13 miles or more? Uh, 13 maybe? 13 miles from San Gabriel and, uh, I honestly was at the end of myself when I was crying, and uh, then all of a sudden I see lights, and And, I, and these guys showed up. <laughs> these guys showed up in the car. <laughs> Eberth is single handedly running an eight and a half hour marathon because he didn't train <laughs> for it. So if anybody knows how to hit a wall went, and keep going, yeah. I've got the duty. And he's the marathon, man. And then Ricky just. Um, Moses-style gave me this walking stick off the street, and I am going to use it, like, with no shame. And I might incorporate a walking stick for tomorrow, <laughs> take some of this pressure off my back, but I got to start moving. I couldn't walk last night, you guys. I could not walk. I went to bed praying, like, if you let my legs move, I won't stop until, until I get there. That's why I'm here. If things were perfect, what mission one race would have been from the very beginning, from the first mission. That that's that's what I'm feeling right now. So it took me like being broken nice. and walking this AM to like th- this is Mission One Race. Look look like look, look around and, I mean literally it just so happens that you have a <laughs> Caucasian <laughs> two black males in a Mexican yeah, I mean good. I mean that's like accidental forgive would yeah, also me. With mission one race it's I'm loopy at that point too much truth happening he's just
1: stretching out you know it's tight he's going to Lambert oh. yeah. here in Whittier side of the road 2am looks completely normal Shut there's nothing wrong with this picture at all no. one guy's holding the light another guy's got a camera third guy's got some dude's leg hey,
0: yeah. this is normal it's totally explainable. This world, you live out oneness; it changes everything. I'm not being overly philosophical. It's the truth. If you really feel like we're one, like mother, uh, like Mother Teresa, we belong to each other. Yeah. You're gonna treat that person differently. Yeah. You're gonna care if they're suffering. Correct, no matter what the suffering is, yeah. And challenge yourself tomorrow, it's, it, it'll mess your head up. You're like, Man, did I just do that to that person? That's messed up, right? It'll mess you up, it'll mess you up in a good way. So, mess, try to mess up. that was me sprinting, by the way. That's the sprint. so so that was going to lead into the small print but i i i think the reason i share that is because yes you're going to be invited into team world vision to run world vision those that are suffering extreme poverty but really what god is inviting us into is a revival and i didn't even get that at the time the video's labeled that, that i'm going to play here next and, and the more it gets a heart of your, hold of your, your life and heart, you, you, I'm telling you, you will radically love and look at people differently. We're on mission. Uh, Lori is like Bob. At the end of the day, no matter what other areas of her life, she's left legacies. She's left a legacy of people living in a place where they were dying, now they can have kids. And now they know God. I don't know what the value of that is in, in dollars and cents. It, it, it's priceless. So that's all of our challenges. Like, what is our legacy? What do we leave behind? I I think the question becomes, which one do you want to be? I mean, this one technically had way more accolades. Barely anybody knew about this. I would definitely pick this dude. I would definitely pick this guy. Small print I'm going to skip. What do we do now? We love. In whatever version that is, we challenge ourselves. We seek God. We seek the love of God as much as we can. We be on mission. I'm writing... I'm just going to say, every time I come here, I make some, like, public statement that I've not shared in private. I'm writing a book. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) No, it's not even epic. Like, I feel like already just saying that, like, oh, you think you could write a book. You know all the voices that come here. Like, the book's going to be called Mission. Life without mission is not life. Like, you're not even, like, immediately he left us with love and then mission like, period. The, and whatever version of that is, living for ourselves is not a thing. That's not living. There's times where I taught, I was a teacher as well, and kids would come in, they'd be de, they would be depressed. And you know what I would find out, the Holy Spirit would tell me? They didn't care why, they, they weren't, they had no reason to live. They didn't get why they were in class. They didn't know why they were in school. Does that make sense? They didn't know why they were around. A lack of mission, a.k.a. purpose, will kill anybody. It will depress anybody. There's no fuel for that. Why are you waking up? Whether it's this mission or other ones. Like, like we were made for mission. It's because of the way we were wired. We are made to mission. And mission immediately means outside of us. Outside of our life, outside of our circle, outside of us. Lastly, oneness is coming in. Get ready for it. It is the next, I think, iteration of what we're going to see in worship and how people are going to come in radically is the fact that we are going to love each other through all the barriers that the world puts on us that aren't real barriers. (laughs) We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And we're going to start it with step by step. And, and, and one some, for some of you, this will be that step. What I'm going to talk about next. Some of you, this will be that step. It was for me, even though, again, I thought I didn't have a hang-up in that area. And God had to show me some stuff. Amen? Mr. Diversity. I took three different ethnicities of women to homecoming. I mean, you can't beat that. I'm talking real life. Like, I thought I was there, God. He's like, you ain't. And let me show you. Let me show you. So love broadens our circle of concern. Mission gives us the deep desire to do something for those in the margins and hurting. Oneness erases the lines keeping us from loving one the way that Jesus prayed and desires us today. Here's the awesome part. Um, this video that I'm going to show actually was supposed to be a part of announcements. So now we're in announcement time, okay? So technically my sermon is over. Wink, wink. All right. So... Take a look at this video. We'll land in the plane after this. Team Me Covenant back. Year three is happening in honor of those that are leaving legacies behind and so forth. That's how we're rolling. Just like Bob Smith and uh, one last story at the end. Here we go. Sorry. I switched it here and forgot I wasn't connected there. Sorry. Team C- Shift. <laughs> I remember hearing about the global water crisis for the first time. I could have shut down, been numb by it. The issue was too big. Someone else would do something about it. But God was calling me to be broken by the global water crisis, to do something, to be awakened and activated, to move my feet and run a marathon to change the course of a child's life and the course of mine.
1: But was it for me? I'm not a runner. Marathons? Fundraising? That's just not me. I'm not a runner. I'm not somebody who does athletic events. Or is this opportunity for me? Could I maybe, just maybe, say
0: yes? When we say yes to God's crazy invitations, boldly trusting in his faithfulness, he does amazing things. Because on the other side of yes is water and fullness of life. And God has something in it for you. And believe it or not, this is gonna be fun.
1: Because this isn't just running. This isn't just water. This is the church. This is the body of Christ coming together to love and
0: serve the least of these brothers and sisters of ours to see and experience God's transformational power. This is a revival. Will you join us? So that's the, that's the formal invite. Who's coming? Who's doing it? Like, you know, I'm not going to make you raise your hand. That always fails, by the way. Who's everybody to raise your hand that's in? No, just meet us at the table here is what's going to happen. Okay, meet us at the table here. Um, there's churches in this area that are now coming in uh, because of your faithfulness. There's people that have been serving. There's children that are literally living thousands. This is L.A. Um, this Dodger Stadium. That's the group that's running the full. You run from Dodger Stadium. Through 300 stop signs and stop lights, free. You can't stop BLA traffic. The streets are blocked for you. You're VIP. And we go through and we end there and God will epically take you through a journey and you end the Santa Monica Pier, you will see the beauty of our city and the fact that God would use this for the revival like that. The biggest in modern church history, period. This, this city, this area is anointed for this. Listen to me. God called me to the city specifically when I did not ever want to visit. Don't be offended. Ever. And I love it, and I'm like, where has this been all my life? Like 13 years it's been happening. Look at this, 2019 over a million, again. Wait, no one had done that in the history of the Los Angeles Marathon, we did it twice because of churches like you coming and teaming with us, and that's over. A stadium's worth, of staple city's worth of children with access to clean water. These aren't just stats, these are real life. Where are we going for? 26,000 lives this year, for sure. All the zones I'm showing this stuff to just give you a background. it's not a small thing it's a revival it has to be. I'm going Compton to Santa Barbara, Inglewood, Riverside, Temecula. Th- these are our teams. You name something else that that's happening right now where those people where all of us are running together. It's not. It's a revival. It is the Azusa Street, a different uh, presentation of something old. Those are all the zones because it's so big in the area uh, and the churches that are activated with us. And it's not just water. We're doing five-fold community development, taking them not. This is not a dependent relationship. This is an independent relationship where we leave in 10 to 15 years. It's theirs. And the community is operating because they're free from water sanitation, hygiene, they have it, food security, education, economic empowerment, and and health and nutrition. That's what's happening. And it's Christian witness the whole time. If you want to know more, just come with us in the season. We teach during the kickoff, during the impact nights, all that stuff. Here's the flow. We trust Bill for two years. We don't just come in and say, hey, let me tell you what you want. 44,000 employees, 40,000 of them are actually indigenous folks. Only 4,000 are non-Costa Rican, uh, um, Zimbabwean, or whatever the case may be. Okay? Awesomeness. Here's an example of the water project. Matt's coming in, giving me the... <laughs> giving me the get out of here, which is awesome. <laughs> so That's why it's family. Like, listen, bro. Good job, but uh, I, <laughs> I love it. That's why we're fa- like family. Uh, oneness. Watch this. This is the connection. That's you guys running. Here's the access to clean water, A storage tank that's pumped 12 kilometers to 5,000 or 6,000 families, 10,000 people. This is just one watering spot where they've come from all over that area to bring their their jerry cans that I don't have with me because I gave that one away. I don't have with me, and that's oneness. That's a direct line connection to the other side of the world. This woman, and we're gonna end with love like Lori. Her name is Lori, spelled differently, L-A. U-R-I-E, she runs with Hope Santa Barbara, and I got permission to share this story, and I'm in um, Bay Area, by the way, Bay Area at the time, preaching at this church, uh, a covenant church, the oldest covenant church in the state, Matt, first covenant, I think it is, Um, second, no, okay, sorry, I got my facts wrong, and I get off the stage and I get a text from Lori, and she said, you may have known this, but uh, I've been fighting for Jackie Lou, her daughter, she ran with us a season, then had to take a season off, and and I didn't know, as I did Mission One racing, that I was up there in Celebration Sunday. She texts me, "Hey, you might have known, but but Jackie back Jackie died," and they ran.